76 million of us just here in the US. We are the biggest generation that ever existed. We were called the me ones, the crazy ones, and boy, do we know what that means, don't we? In fact, we have reinvented every single phase of our life. We were the yuppies, we were the hippies. We like innovation. Well, now we are in the winter of our life. And I can assure you, this is not going to be your average winter. I invite you to join me at Boomerology Reviews every single week so we can figure out how boomers are reshaping this phase of their life. Join me. Welcome to Boomerology Revealed. I'm Shahar Boyayan, your host. Today you have a special treat. Business coach and one of my best friends, Robert Imbriali. We are going to talk about positive mindset. You know, we boomers, we have lived a certain number of years and we have dealt with challenges very often. So it's very easy for us to be the glass half empty kind of person, but we don't want that. We want to have a positive mindset in order to attract the, the things we want in life. And then, because a lot of advertisers out there think we are invisible, we're going to talk about marketing to baby boomers. So let's watch. Today I have a special treat for you. It's my best friend, Robert Imbriale, author, speaker, and coach. And we are going to chat about people and mindset. People and mindset. I Do you love like it. that? I you love like it. it. So yeah, absolutely. Let's get going. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of my favorite topics talking about people. I was watching your show the other day with Tim Starr, and one of the things you both mentioned is that we are responsible for the moment we are in, the situation we are in. Tell me a little bit more about that. Isn't that scary to think that way? I thought it was. <laughs> it is awful. I, I really went to dinner with my daughter and I told her what you two had talked about and she said, okay, now he just gave me indigestion because <laughs> I'm responsible for everything. I mean, it's, it's a paradigm shift and it's not a pleasant It's one. a paradigm shift and it is also one of the most powerful things that you could ever learn as far as a lesson, life lesson goes. I learned it when I was in Chicago. I had a little $550 a month apartment mm -hmm. and I was working, you know, and, and not really making any money. And I got to the point where I was three months behind on the rent. I was about to be evicted. Mm -hmm. Three days to pay the rent or get out. I hadn't paid a, made a payment on my car. Every morning I'd wake up, look out there. Yep, the car's still there. hadn't been repossessed yet. The refrigerator was empty. My bank account had been closed. So I sat there on the floor and I said, okay, what's going on here? This doesn't make any sense. This is not who I am. It doesn't represent who I am, what I believe, what I can do. It doesn't make any sense. There's no logic to it. Because you were aware of your own potential, right? I was aware of it, and all I was doing, and I said, okay, so what am I, who am I blaming? And I had a list this long of people I was blaming. This one's not paying me. That one's not paying me. I did all this work, and I had accounts receivable, and no money was coming in. Mm -hmm. Every day I checked the mailbox, nothing. Everyone would say, oh, the check's in the mail, check's in the mail. It never was. It never got there. So... I had the, the paradigm shift at that moment and I said, okay, who created this? That's a different question to ask. Rather than blame everybody and be angry about it, I said, who created this? I'm working for this guy and he's not paying me. So does that make him a bad person? Or did I accept the terms of that agreement? It all of a sudden started to shift and I said, ah, I accepted the terms of the agreement. He hadn't paid me for months and I continued to work for him. So you gave control over to him. I gave the power to him, mm -hmm. and I agreed to those terms. So what really came to me after a little while is I said, I really created the situation. It's not anybody else's fault. Mm -hmm. It's my fault. I'm here today because of the decisions I've made along the way. Now, people don't want to hear that. 
They love mm -hmm. to blame somebody else. They love to say, you know what, that guy's at fault, or the government's at fault, or you know, that big business over there, they're all criminals and they're at fault. When you do that, you really give your power away. I was totally helpless. Couldn't move forward until I recognized that it was all my doing. All of it. But how did you feel then? Awful. Oh, good. Right? <laughs> Well, I think you and I was beating myself that. up and I said, okay, and then I realized, okay, this is not the way to go. Yes, I, I am responsible for it. And then it hit me. I said, well, if I created this mess, I could create something else because I have the power. However, I needed to take responsibility, right? Instead of blaming, I had to say, okay, this is my mess. I need to go and be able to clean it up. And so I sat down, pad and paper, didn't turn on the computer, just a pen and paper. And I said, let me write down all the skills and all the things that I can do. Because money was the big issue at that point. There was, there was none. And I wasn't eating. There was no food. So I wrote down all the skills I had. And then I went down the next column. I said, okay, how much could I sell each one of these things for? I could build a website. Okay, at the time, $500 to build a website. I could write a sales letter. I could get $1,000 for writing a sales letter. And I went down the list and I added it all up at the end. And I said, in a month, there's at least $40,000 of things that I could do. Now, the shift for me was... I'm not going to do it unless I'm paid, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I get paid first. first the Caesar yeah. principle, I take care of me first. I got on the phone with people and I started going down my list and I said, okay, here's a client that maybe could use a website. Their website's horrible. And this was early on in the website world. Mm -hmm. This is like the mid-90s when, you know, very few companies really understood really the web or had a website. Mm -hmm. I was doing websites since 1992. So I had that skill set. And I started to call people and I said, you know, you need a website. And they said, yeah, $500. I won't even turn on the computer unless I'm paid. Mm -hmm. Different mindset now. So instead of having all these receivables that never showed up, I generated $40,000 in cash in the next 30 days. Okay, let's repeat that. You were able from zero to $40,000 in, 30, in days 30 days without having to invest any money or go right. ask for loans for Investing anything, in mindset. Right? Okay. Taking responsibility for my situation mm -hmm. and knowing that I created this mess while I could create the opposite if mm -hmm. I wanted to. But it had to be a mindset shift. There was no way to do it, you know, without shifting that mindset, without really being responsible. And people hate to hear that word. It's the R word. No, don't tell me I need to be responsible. Mm -hmm. And it does make people sick to their stomach when they first hear it. But the other side to that is that's where all your power is. Yeah, you know, when I uh, watch your show, that's exactly what, it's like a light bulb that comes because we don't use the word change, right? Because we are always fearful, but we want things to be different in our lives. But if we really don't take accountability for what is happening right now, how can we provide any, any positive change in our lives? No, we want change, but then we resist it when it shows up. Yes. Because it's not comfortable, mm -hmm. right? So yeah. we push it away, push it away. No, no, I want things to be just the way they were. Mm -hmm. I don't want anything to change. We get a new operating system on our cell phone mm -hmm. and we freak out. But we want things different than it was. We want them to be better. Why don't they fix these bugs? They finally fix these bugs. And everyone goes, ooh, it's ugly, it's different. Yeah. You know, that's the way we are as a society. It's a great paradigm. Change is how you get to the next level. And instead of fighting it and resisting it, so many people do. Mm -hmm. And they try to stay stuck in the, you know, stuck in the 60s. We know the hippies, right? Here in California, we see that they're stuck in the 60s. They still drive the Volkswagen buses around and stuff. Yeah. We have and them here, right? Pants full of flowers. And yeah, exactly. I, I talked and to Nash yesterday about that. You look at people walking in California, it's so different. Because it they, is. They do. It Some is. of them, of course, are have stuck that in, in that. And they resent all the technology and they resent all the progress yeah. and they resent everything. And they find everything that's wrong with it. Look, nothing is going to be 100% perfect. Everything that you can come up with, everything you come up with, you're going to have a good side and a bad side. Right. And the question for you, the choice you have is which one you're going to look at. Mm -hmm. Look at what's great about it or look at what's horrible. You know, terrible things going on right now in our economy and our government, you bet. You know what? The bright spots, 
podcasting, webcast, look at this. This wouldn't have happened mm -hmm. 10 years ago. This wouldn't have been possible, right? But most people will say, okay, let's wait until everybody else is doing, so then I'll start doing. Because they want the proven success case for them to say, now it's my turn to go. And that really leaves you behind, right? It leaves you behind. It leaves you also picking up the crumbs, mm -hmm. right? You and I tend to live on the cutting edge. You were doing podcasting before Steve Jobs even figured it out. You were doing podcasting, <laughs> yeah. right? So you look at that and you say, we're, we're jumping in and we're saying we're going to be on the cutting edge. It is not easy. We run into problems. You know, servers fail. Uploads don't work. People have problems streaming the shows. But we're running into all of that. But we're also going to be making the biggest impact and making the most money. Mm -hmm. Going forward, the leaders, the people who jump in first, always are seen as the leaders and always end up making the most money. Yeah. And those who come along later, oh, you've got a podcast too? Yeah, welcome to clubs. So does everyone else. <laughs> yeah. But the ones that stand out are the ones who've been doing it the longest and, and are really figured it out and can do it at a higher level. If you want to succeed more, you've got to fail more. Yeah. Right? The failure is what leads to the success. <laughs> and, and <laughs> you got to do it. you got to go through it. There is, there is a Chinese saying that says, fall seven times, stand up eight. That's right. And that's part of the yeah. being an entrepreneur. And if, if you don't have the will to fail, I think you shouldn't become an entrepreneur. And I think you need to transmute that word failure, too, because true failure, in my mind, is someone who get up in the morning and sleep on the couch the entire day, watching television, mm -hmm. eating chips. Wasting That's true failure. Mm -hmm. If you're out there and you, you tried something, you, you set up a podcast, or you built a website, or you released a product and it didn't work, or you built a business and it failed, you know what? You're a lot richer for the experience. You're a lot smarter. You name me one successful entrepreneur who hasn't failed. Yeah, there is. Doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. Doesn't exist. People want the guaranteed, the proven. Well, guess what? Yeah. Nobody's going to give you that. Now, the taking action part. So you assume you're responsible for the moment you're leaving. But the fact is that there is a lot of fear involved. Even if I do accept I have to change, fear sets in. So mm -hmm. what do I do? Fear is the, is the friend, not the enemy. Dan Kennedy often says, he says he was broke. Yeah. And it scared him so much that it, that is what motivated him and propelled him to build his business. Because he never wanted to be broke again. Multi, multi, multi-millionaire. I think he mm -hmm. makes 10 million a year now on average. Mm -hmm. So use the fear as a motivator, not as something to stop you. Just flip it around. How you advise entrepreneurs today? We are living in the different economy, one that we haven't faced before, right? Challenging. Entrepreneurs are not the problem. Mm -hmm. Entrepreneurs are going to solve the economy. They understand that in every disaster, there's opportunity. The true entrepreneur will find gold no matter what. Whatever is going on out there, they're going to find ways to make money of it. Uh, the guy, uh, I forget his name, the publicity guy who sold the Brooklyn Bridge. Uh -huh. They, they, yeah, they recycled the Brooklyn yes. Bridge. He bought all the broken wood. He put it, you know, and he was selling the Brooklyn Bridge. Uh -huh. Okay, great. So you can look at a, a bad situation, turn it around and make it positive. The entrepreneur is at their core. That's what we're built from. Mm -hmm. We're built from the ground up. We see opportunity in everything. So I'm not concerned about the entrepreneur. I'm concerned about the employee. They're used to what? Being fed every week their paycheck. It's secure, it's reliable, it's coming every week. All of a sudden, that stops. Now what happens to them? Now they're in trouble. Now they're in turmoil. A lot of them now are turning to the entrepreneurial world and right. saying, how do I start my own business? That's where we step in. Those are the people we can help. Mm -hmm. Those that really get it and they say, I can't be reliant and dependent upon a job, a government, you know, a society for my well-being. I've got to take that into my own hands. I've got to be, here's the R word, responsible for my well-being. 
And those are the people we can step up and we can really help them. Mm -hmm. And really, it's just helping them with their mindset, helping them to understand that even though this economy is down, there's some bright spots. Because of the internet, we're able to reach beyond the borders. So the economy sucks in your country, great. Go market after to the money, country. right? Go after the money, yeah, go where it's hot. Is, yeah. So that's the entrepreneurial mindset. Mm -hmm. And if you can learn that and you can say no matter how bad things are, you can't have bad blanket over everything. Bad is going to be on one side, good's going to be on another side. You've got to look for the good. Sometimes it's camouflage, sometimes it's hard to find it, but it's out there and you've got to spend the time to find it. Right? One more thing. Yes. We boomers, we either have kids that are Generation X or Y or the millennials, right? Well, these two generations, they grew up with, they have to get a trophy for everything they do, right? They cannot fail. The concept of failing is not there. And conflict is another thing that they don't have. I don't know if you know this, but the highest rate uh, of divorces requests are being done by text message. Hey, I, I want a divorce because we don't want by that text conflict. message. Yeah, isn't that sad? Okay. That you cannot. In my generation, it was by fax, but okay. <laughs> I don't know because when I divorced, it was face to face. <laughs> so, well, how do you see? Because you know, we know there are not enough jobs for this generation. So a big part of that will have to go and become entrepreneurs. Not true. Not true. Tell me about that. There are plenty of jobs. So rather I'm not right, I want to no, listen this, about this. This this generation has more opportunity than the generations prior. We have, you see this little device? Mm -hmm. This is a content consumption device. This yes. is not a phone anymore. Yes. It it's a content consumption device, a computer. Has happens to have a telephone, so we call it a phone, mm -hmm. but it's not a phone. Mm -hmm. On here, there's software that we buy. You and I buy a lot of little things called apps. Apps. Yeah. There's a whole new ecosystem. How many apps are on the iPhone, oh, do you think, right now? I don't even know. It's close Thousand. to a million. Close to a million. Close to a million apps. And that's just Imagine here. Imagine the Android. That's not Android. That's <laughs> not Windows Phone, right? Yeah. And you look at those ecosystems and you say, okay, so where are the opportunities for these millennials that are coming up and they say there are no jobs? Mm -hmm. You know where there are no jobs? They're not even looking for them anymore. Yeah. There was a survey done last May of the graduating class of 2013. Year after year, these tech graduates would be surveyed and they would say, okay, what company do you want to work for? Oh, it's Google, it's Apple, it's Microsoft, it's that. This year, what came out on top, I don't want to work for any company. I want to create an app and become a millionaire. It shifted yeah. so dramatically mm -hmm. that they're looking at their parents and they're going, wow, your nine to five job for 40 years and the boss just said, hey, there's no more money, you're out on the street. Mm -hmm. They're seeing that and they're experiencing the pain of their parents. And they're going, we're not playing that game. Mm -hmm. We're not playing that game. We're gonna be entrepreneurial. Yeah. We're gonna start off that way. Now, you go back in time. Mm. Let's roll the clock back to the 1800s. What were we doing back then as a society? Yeah. We were all entrepreneurs. Yes, we were. We were the baker, the shoemaker, right? Yeah, we were the, yeah. the locksmith and all the way. We were all entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm. Then we had this industrial revolution, the big lie, I like to call it, mm -hmm. where we came along and said, hey, uh, how about you work for me, huh? I'll mm -hmm. give you a salary, I'll take care of your health care, yeah. and I'll give you a retirement plan. You don't have to worry about anything. Yeah. You just give me 40 years of your life. How's that? Sound good? Yeah. All right, good. You're sitting at this desk, and you're gonna put the little cotton swab in the, in the bottle as it passes by. That was the Industrial Revolution. Mm -hmm. That's when we started to employ. Well, that's falling apart now, yeah. right? All of that because of, I'm, I'm gonna say the unions, mm -hmm. are a big part of it, mm -hmm. the wages have gone too high. Yeah. So all those jobs got pushed where? To other countries. Other countries, yeah. gone. So in America, do we make anything anymore? Mm -hmm. Very little. Yeah. So all those, those manufacturing jobs, those industrial jobs They're are gone. gone. So what do we do here in America? 
we innovate. Mm -hmm. We invent. Yes. We have patents. We create. <laughs> we yeah. create. Yeah. So there's the hot spot in an economy that you look at. And I did a, a, a podcast not too long ago, and I was looking at the number of manufacturing jobs in this country is dropping. Mm -hmm. And in the last two years, three years, you can see that it's sort of stabilized. But it's stabilized at about 10% of where it was in 2000. Mm -hmm. And it had dropped even before then, but really dramatically from the, you know, the millennium on forward. And it's not coming back? Not coming back. Mm -hmm. Not coming back. The wages are too high. Cost of living, too high. Union fees, uh, anti-business government regulation, oh, yeah. not coming back. Mm -hmm. Bill Gates had said, he said, if we were to do Microsoft today, couldn't do it with this, with this the way the regulations are. Mm -hmm. Couldn't build a company like that anymore. Mm -hmm. So that's all gone. So now you say, okay, what are we really doing here? Well, all these app developers are doing very well, aren't they? Mm -hmm. All these podcast producers, a lot of them doing very well, yes. right? How about people on the internet? Are they doing well? Yes. Yeah, they're doing well. How about Amazon? Doing well? It's extremely well. Right? Yeah. So we're starting to look, and we start. what we start to want to do is want to look at the, the, where the hotspots are. We mm -hmm. say, okay, well, the economy's changing, so to think that I'm going to get a job as a mechanic... Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Mm -hmm. So what do I need to do instead? Well, I, th I think... I, I don't know what you're going to say, but uh, one of the things we need is to keep updated with what is shifting, right? Because, Always. Yeah, not Always. These are things for the kids because we know the 50 plus are also get, getting laid off their jobs all the right. time. Mm -hmm. And if you're not aware of what's happening, where do you go? Well, this is, this is where you get the entrepreneurial mindset back mm -hmm. in. And that's why you and I, who are trainers and coaches and, and consultants, and we write books on, on how to become your own business owner, this is really what's, what's needed right now. And this is going to continue to grow. I believe that five, ten years from now, the majority are going to be in their own business. You know? And like it's, it's going to change. It's going, it has to because there's no jobs anymore. I mean, we look at the unemployment rate now is at 6.4, 6.6. It's not a real number. If you look at the number that you really should be looking at is the size, the size of the workforce percentage-wise in America. In 2000, it was 66 point something percent mm. on average. Mm. It has dropped now to under 62 percent. You might say, okay, that's only 4%. That's not mm -hmm. a big deal. Over 350 million people, it's mm -hmm. a massive, it's massive, a massive, massive number. It's almost 9 million fewer jobs available today in in there so what happened all these people who were in the workforce who got laid off they went through their 99 weeks of unemployment now what yeah. where did they go they didn't disappear mm -hmm. they didn't fall off the face of the earth they're just not counted anymore so the numbers look better the unemployment numbers because you're not unemployed if you're yeah. not collecting unemployment where did they go what happened to them back to mama's house back to mama's house but if they're older if they're boomers yeah they have an issue but well the, you look see, at, look you at see the numbers. new trends, yes. Look at the numbers. Uh -huh. Disability. Yeah, going up. Like that. Because the government will pay. Because they'll pay it, it's yeah. easy to get. Yeah. Right? Welfare, going up. Yeah. Skyrocketing. One in three or something like that uh, of Americans now are on food stamps, mm -hmm. right? Because they can't afford to feed themselves. That's, that's scary. Yeah, so you have to look at that as, as, a, as a picture of where we are. And not to get upset over it. Well, it's not a great thing. Mm -hmm. So what we're really saying is we need to take this workforce that can no longer work in the way it was, going, was working before, mm -hmm. those jobs aren't coming back in the foreseeable future. They're just not. Even if the economy started to roar, right. companies have figured out, you know, Apple, does Apple make anything here in the no, United States? No, Pretty much. China. They make one computer here mm -hmm. in Texas, and they make it by hand, and it's the Mac Pro. It's the only thing that's made here in America. Everything else is made, yeah. right? They have some 800 million devices out there that they've sold. Hmm. Nothing made in the United mm -hmm. States. Mm -hmm. So waiting for those jobs to come back, even if the economy soared, 
it's not going to happen. So you say, okay, what do you do with a boomer? What do you do with a person who is beyond the age of really going back to school and, and really needing to you know, get trained? Mm -hmm. And there are no good answers to that one. I wish I could say, I've got the answer. Just you know, learn computing, yeah. learn programming. Yeah. But the mind needs to be trained in that, and it's something that's over a long term. So it's a little bit harder. So what I suggest to those people is, okay, let's look at your knowledge base. What have you done your entire career? Well, I was a plumber, I was a contractor, I was this, I was that. Great. That's not bad. People think, well, I, did, I don't have any knowledge, I'm not very smart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. you do. Three phases in every career. Phase one is the educational phase. That's the phase when we're in school and we're learning. Phase two is when we're actually applying that knowledge and using it. Mm -hmm. So for a chiropractor, that's the years that he's in practice, right? Phase three is where all the money is. And thankfully, our economy is really supporting that right now. Mm -hmm. Phase three is where you start taking that information, unlocking it here, and putting it in form that other people can give you money for. Mm -hmm. And you can buy it, right? That's where all the money is. Look, I love the story of Dr. John Gray and happen to know his story intimately. So he was a marriage and family counselor, 10 years. Mm -hmm. Hated it. Mm -hmm. Loved working with everyone, but you know, making a, basically a working man's salary. Yeah. So he went to school, phase one. Phase two, the 10 years he spent in practice. Phase three, he wrote the book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. Where is he today? Yeah, Bahamas. He's in Probably. Northern California, giant house. He's a multi, multi, multi-millionaire. Yeah. Yeah. Royalty checks coming in all the time. He's got uh, 21 books or something on the market. Mm -hmm. So he really translated his knowledge that he learned in school and refined in practice, put it into book form, and started speaking and selling. Now, this is not for everybody, mm -hmm. right? But could somebody who was a plumber, for instance, train people who want to become plumbers. Mm -hmm. We still need our plumbing fixed. Even the economy is bad, you know, oh, it yeah. breaks. It breaks. You're still going to need yeah. a plumber. Yeah. So could he train or could he set up a, a school where he could train? Could he write an ebook? Could he write a plumbing podcast? Could he, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's opportunity in that. There is a lot. How, how did you measure that in uh, the six inches? The six inches between your ears, yeah. Yes, yeah. it's worth gold all the time. Absolutely. And, and you can always if take you can, experience. If you can take the experience and get it out, and some people go, well, I can't write. You know, we don't teach our kids how to write. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of, especially the older generation, they don't know how to write very well. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Can you speak? Mm -hmm. If you can speak, you can get the words out. You can have somebody else transcribe it. All right. right? Well, we, you know, I do that. And, you know, English is not my first language. I'm not a writer, but I do record. And I send to transcribe. And then I send somebody to edit. And then I have a, per or close to perfect product. <laughs> right? Exactly. But uh, I would, I could think this is a, a problem that I have, so I cannot do this or cannot do that. No. You, and it's not expensive. People think that it's going to be a lot of money for you to transcribe a piece or to edit, and it's not. It's very doable. And then you have a problem. And the other piece to remember, too, and this is the one that really uh, turns the light bulb on for a lot of people, especially in the boomer generation, is they don't have to do a lot of this themselves. Mm -hmm. They do not need to know technology. Dan Kennedy can't send an email. <laughs> Yet he makes millions online, yeah. right? Yeah. So you look at that and you say, what do you mean? How does that happen? Yeah. Well, he has people that do it for him, mm -hmm. right? Social media, same thing. Social media, he doesn't do social media. Yeah. He doesn't even have the internet plugged into his house. Yeah. He's, he's totally that's disconnected. That's unbelievable, though. I don't believe that. I think that's marketing. So you, but look, I know, at, he but you look at it from that perspective and you say, is it really possible? And the answer is yes, you do not need to learn all these technologies. Yes, they're changing all the time. Yes, it's confusing. And no, you don't need to learn them. Mm -hmm. You can always get people who know. And you know, Fiverr.com is a great tool, uh -huh. right? I love to find, uh, you know, kids will build websites for $5 for you on there. It's yeah. insane. Yeah. 
They'll transcribe. They'll do whatever you need. Do you they can need find for it on a there. Podcast, whatever you need. Anything you need, they'll yeah. do it for you. They'll do voiceover. They'll do whatever if you're going to do a podcast. Mm-hmm. And the, really, the the tools are at our fingertips. There was always in in our society this battle between technology and creativity. Mm-hmm. Which one was ahead? And they would always kind of do this and yeah. kind of do this. Today, technology is leapfrogged. It's so far ahead of our creativity, we have no way to keep up with it. Yeah. And it's great because that, for you and I who are marketers and coaches, we have a lot of opportunity now to use our mind and conceive of ideas that, you know, you could actually put apps on the phone that can do things that, you know, nobody ever thought that you'd yeah. be able to do before. And you could do it so simple like that. I mean, the, the tools, the channels are there. They're very different than they were. You know, you're not going to go work at a corner grocery store anymore. You're not going to be a mechanic. You're not going to be, you know, a carpenter as much. Uh, you know, you're not going to work in a manufacturing plant and, and those kind of things. You're not going to be in the coal mines. We're getting rid of all that. Yeah. But, you know, the opportunities are there. You just got to look in a different place for them. That's fantastic. Yeah. So we started with the fact that we need to take accountability for the situation we are because that provides us with the tools to move forward, right? Change our mindset, adapt to innovation. And you and have not the fear. Perf- and not fear, right? Yeah. Not fear yeah. that. Robert, if people want to know more about you, where they should go? They can come visit me at ultimatewealth.com, okay. my website. And if they would like to email me, Robert at ultimatewealth.com has been my email address since 1999. Has not changed. Robert wow, at really? ultimatewealth.com. Yep. Wow. Yeah. He's a brilliant guy. You should write him an email. Well, thank you. Thank You're you a brilliant woman, much. too. This has been fun. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. <laughs> We talk a lot about baby boomers. So let's talk to baby boomers in the sense that you sell to baby boomers. Do you do you do any business with people that were born between 46 and 64? If you do, you have to t- pay attention to this because you know the way we like to be sold might be different than what you think. So here are a few things that you have to have in mind when you're preparing a campaign, launching a new product, or even just going for a negotiation, right? The first one is connect with the self empowered identity. You know, we baby boomers, we want to be the best we can be, right? So how can you really tap into that? If you sell adventure travel, that's not a problem because we want to go for that, right? Living healthy is another one. So think about how you can really talk to our self-identity. Never forget that people buy with the heart and justify with the mind. So you need to talk to the, the heart first, okay? The second one, appeal to how they feel in their current life stage. Well, we are, most of us are in this age where we have grandkids and we want to be the coolest grandparents ever, right? And at the same time, we have aging parents. We are caregivers. Sometimes they're dealing with mobility issues, right? How can you talk to us that really pinpoints the stage in life that we are that is specific to us, right? Because other generations don't face themselves in the same scenario that we do being new grandparents, at the same time having aging parents. So talk about how we are in life at this moment. Don't generalize too much. And of course we love reinvention. So you have to ask, how are you going to reinvent your, uh, yourself? Who are you going to become by working with me? You know, that's always a, a cool way of showing them once they consume from you, what's next for them. Because they love, they love to that reinvention process. Of course, create the right marketing platform and by that I mean mix. Don't use just one thing. You may be used to, to advertise just in one type of media. Don't do that. Today is very important to reach the boomers where they are and we are everywhere. And don't forget social media 
and hobby-based forms. We are hobbies. We collect stuff, we like crafts, we have many, many hobbies out there. You should be going to those forums online because you can reach us. And don't forget social media platforms like Facebook, where actually 63% plus of people using Facebook are boomers, okay? Don't assume that we don't use the internet because that's not true. We use it and we use it all the time. So these are just a few tips on how you can market better to baby boomers. More to follow. I hope you enjoyed the show this week. If you did, don't forget to share, thumbs up, rate our channel. These are the type of things that keep us going. And I'll meet you next week at Boomerology Revealed.